Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a screaming shout. I love of Indiana, his manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. It's a big podcast episode today. It's a big one. I mean, they're all big, but this is real big. I mean, the whole off season's been super big, super big, and you know we are we are in the middle of of some breaking news here. I mean, by by Tuesday, by the time this comes out, most people will know all about both of our ambassadors. I assume I assume we just get into that right away because it's so exciting. Well, maybe before we even do that, we take care of some business on the front end because. This company has been involved in these things, and we are proud to be powered by communitycars.com. Sponsor of the pod, Hoosier Hysterics. Communitycars.com. Hoosier Legends talk with Warren Eric. I thought we were pretty smooth there on the intro. You knew where I was going. There was no hesitation. We're fading out the music. Everything seems real professional. Nailed it. <laughs> Communitycars.com. Ward, if you were buying a car today, mm-hmm. if you were buying a car, how would you want to buy the car? What method of purchase would you take? I would want to get online, look at a variety of cars, and decide which one I wanted to buy. Or maybe like I was thinking about two or three different ones, but then I wanted somebody who really knew about the cars to talk me through those choices to help me settle upon the best choice for me and my family. Boom, Community Cars does that. Really? They do that and they do more. They do more. So they will do that for you. And then when you settle on said car, Uh you live in Eagle Rock. No, you don't. You live in Adams Hill. Glendale, California, baby. Glendale, the Dale. Don't get stale in the Dale. Did you just make that up? I did, yeah. That was great. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. (laughs) Print the T-shirts. Never get stale in the Dale. I mean... Come on, Evan's paying for this. Let's keep it moving. (laughs) So you choose the car you want. They'll ship it to Glendale and put it right at the edge of your driveway. That's excellent. It's a it's a really really small driveway, so it would have to be on the edge. Get a really small car. Yeah, a very small three wheel car. 
we're in the hills here. But, you know, look, there's also the chance, you know, we're back in Bloomington. Oh, say maybe in August. And I don't feel like getting back on a plane with you. I might just want to go into the dealership. Would that be okay? Can I just walk in the front door and ask for somebody to help me? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. And it's you're not going to feel like you need to take a shower afterwards. You're going to talk to somebody who knows the cars who knows what being part of the Bloomington community as a whole means, who mm -hmm. knows that it's a big purchase for you and it's an important purchase. Yeah. And they're going to let you take your time with it. And they're going to give you the information and they're going to give you the best price. And then you're either going to make a deal or you're not, and you're not going to feel bad about it. But Community Cars is going to do that for you because they do everything. Communitycars.com. Okay. Well then, solved. Problem solved. All right. So now let's get into our big news of this last week which is on Friday, we did announce that Jalen hood Shafino is the first ever Hoosier Hysterics ambassador. Fino. This was a deal made because of the Hoosier Hysterics NIL collective. Mm -hmm. And then just yesterday, we announced, I'm going to say his name, that we have a second ambassador. And that would be none other than Malik Renault. Two Hoosier Hysterics ambassadors, Two five-star recruits that committed to Indiana over the last year, Malik, within the last month, basically. Mm -hmm. Those deals made possible because all of you out there have contributed to HHNIL.com. We took your monthly contributions, $10, $5, $9.30, 1080, 25, 50, 100. We piled, compiled them together, aggregated them, and then we decide. You know what? It makes a lot of sense to go after the two giant recruits that Indiana landed. Let's make impactful, meaningful deals with both of them because we know that once we make those deals with them, they will get promoted by Indiana to mm -hmm. recruits that come on visits. Yep. They will get promoted from coaches to other coaches. They will get promoted from families to other families, from kids to other kids. And we wanted to make a splash with those two big deals. And that's exactly what we did. And we couldn't be prouder to have Malik and Jalen, two special young men, as our ambassadors. That's the thing, right? They're the complete package. Obviously, they are stud basketball players, five stars coming all up in here, part of a top 10 recruiting class. And look, this staff is doing a great job at identifying talent early often before uh, the rankings catch up with where a lot of these kids already are. And we're right in the thick of that season, right? This is where you're going on to peaks and you're seeing all these different top 100, top 80, you know, top 60 guys that we're in early with. And every single one of those guys knows what just happened. Two dudes got to campus and immediately the IU fan base is taking care of them and it's just it's setting a precedent as precedent and no doubt these two guys saw what we did for last year's team you know at the fan fest setting up some of those different deals and and so they could feel confident okay well if we get there hopefully we'll be taken care of boom immediately right upon arrival you know this ambassador thing i don't think anybody saw that coming but uh it's really cool and i think it's a great way um one for them to be able to s s announce they're, you know, a part of the, the community. And look, the IU fan base is so large, um, and we're very fortunate to be a part of that community. And with these guys, look, they already know, they listened to Jalen on this show before, and now they get to hear from Malik. Like, these are dudes we're going to love watching, 
But these are guys we're just really proud to have being a part of our school now and forever. They're Hoosiers now. They are Hoosiers. Let's. I want to do a little bit of home, uh, not homework, but a little bit of um, housekeeping. housekeeping. Yes, yes, housekeeping. You nailed it. You nailed it. To explain to people how we go about the business of doing this. We work very closely with IU compliance. We have regular conversations with IU compliance and people and representatives within the IU athletic department to make sure that what we're doing is above board. We were aggressive and we said, we want to know when are we allowed to make deals with these two guys? Once they committed, we wanted to know. And IU compliance told us, not yet, not yet, not yet. Ultimately, IU compliance and IU told us their transcripts from Mount Verde have been sent to Indiana. They have been accepted at Indiana. We, we meaning Indiana, recognizes that they are high school graduates. Their degrees are accepted at Indiana. They have signed national letters of intent. Mm-hmm. And once their transcripts were accepted, they Indiana said, go for it. You can reach out to them. Within minutes of getting that word, we reached out to both of them, Jalen and, and Malik. And we spoke to their families in both cases, spoke to their families and spoke to, in one of their cases, and I don't want to get involved in the details, spoke to some agents, reps, because it is legal for Division I athletes to have representation agents for their NIL activities. We had deals ready to go. We knew what we wanted to offer. We have deals that have been vetted by lawyers at Ice Miller out of Indianapolis to make sure that they abide by the guidelines provided by the NCAA and Indiana. In fact, in our deals, the deals say that these deals fall within the guidelines provided by the NCAA and Indiana University. We play everything by board, above board. We reached out. We made the offer. There was very little back and forth. We made the deals. We announced one on Friday. We announced the other one on Monday. That's how we do it. And I just want to say thank you to everybody out there. I mean, this is why we did it, Ward. There are thousands of people, thousands of people, Hoosier fans, who can say that they played a part in making these NIL deals. That is, you have skin in the game. I, I do. I, I wonder, somebody asked me about this. I was I was all excited. I was at a birthday party on Saturday night. And, you know, with this, the, a non-IU fan, but likes another Power 5 school, went to another Power 5 school. And I was just so excited that we were able to harness this passion of IU fans in dollar and cents in a way that that truly like impacts this program in a very meaningful, very direct way. And I because I, a lot of it has been talking about the idea of it, but to actually see it happen in a very big way, in a very major way, that is one pointing to the success of what we did last year when we were just kind of trying to figure it out and it still was working, working enough to get us to this point. And then now this is another crucial building block um, for other people looking at the program. So it's it's very gratifying to know that we help harness Hoosier Nation um, sort of it's it's like a, a a laser being focused into this very, you know, narrow point that just burns so brightly that that these guys can now go out there and be like, wow, like I I hadn't even moved into my dorm yet. And the Hoosier faithful showed me how happy they are that I'm there. I could not agree more. I want to talk just some mechanics about how this works, because I saw on Pig's message boards, there were still questions about how this all works. We have three 
legs of the stool of the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. So this is the, the, this is the stool sample we're going to give them. We're going to give them the stool sample right now. Great. Uh, a steamy stool stamp sample. <laughs> uh, the first leg of the school of the stool is the main one, and that is that we go to Hoosier Nation and we say, "Look." You guys can't make an NIL deal if you only have ten dollars, and you I mean, and we get it. I mean, it's you, ten dollars is ten dollars. It's your money, and and you can't just go give the money to Trace Jackson Davis and it make any impact for you. you well, have no and, way and that's to, illegal. It's a quid and pro that's quo. Illegal. Yeah, you couldn't do that unless Trace provided some service for you. So what we do is we say to all those fans, we will aggregate the money. And then the rules of NIL are that the the athlete does have to provide a service for the money that they are getting. You can't just give them the money. Hoosier Hysterics, Inc. is a legitimate business. And Hoosier Hysterics, Inc. includes the Hoosier Hysterics podcast, our Twitter feed. It includes Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. And so what we do is we aggregate the money. And then we go to targeted players, primarily on basketball. That's where we that's where our focus is. And we make the decisions on who to make those deals with. And those decisions are based on a lot of information that we take in. Conversations that we have with people that cover the program, the people that run the program. We have a pretty good sense of who are the key players in the world now and who are the most meaningful to make deals with. And we go to those players and we make deals. And in exchange, we called Malik and Jalen ambassadors. And what that means is they will render marketing services for Hoosier Hysterics. So just them putting out the tweets that they're Hoosier Hysterics ambassadors got us tons of follows and likes. That's great. They're both going to come on a Twitter Spaces live event. That's going to be a huge event when both of them come on. Jalen is going to appear at a live event for a business that has been a contributor to us. So... That's how we do this above board, everybody. That is how we do it. They are rendering real services for Hoosier Hysterics, and it's a way for you to have skin in the game. And look, yes, do we want more listeners? Do we want uh, to expand our family, the community, to have more reach? Is that better for our business? Yes. But I think anybody who has any idea of what we're really about, that this is about loving Indiana University and wanting to uh, bring the family closer together and to improve the program. And and if, if this podcast grows in visibility and listenership and viewership as a result of these deals, well, what does that really mean? That means that there's going to be more people listening to us gab about this and hopefully give five or 10 bucks a month and make the collective grow more and be more sustainable and more impactful. So it's really like an upward spiral of of growing all of this together. Absolutely. And also, Hoosier Hysterics Inc. is a business. The way we run it, it's the worst business in the world. <laughs> I mean, we have not monetized it in any kind of methodical way. So I, I, understand I feel, that you're not talking to two guys getting rich off Hoosier Hysterics. It should probably be a dot org. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not a dot edu because there is no educational component to what we're doing. But I also want to say this because I want to be transparent. This isn't about patting ourselves on the back. But in one of our deals that we made, the athlete wanted the money wired to their account, which makes it the easiest. We did that. But the wire has a charge on it. That charge was like $5. We paid the $5. We didn't take it out of the collective. 
we put five additional dollars of our money in to cover. We didn't take it out of the collective. That's how tedious we are when it comes to making sure that every penny that you contribute to hhnil.com goes directly to the players. That's leg one of the stool. Leg two of the stool is a business will come to us and say, I want to do an NIL event. Riverside Carpet One in Columbus did it. Had a, two conversations this morning with businesses, one who wants to do something in October and one who wants to do something in August. They come to us and they say, here's my budget. I don't know how to do this. How do I make an NIL deal? How do I do an autograph signing, a picture thing? How? And we say, you send the check to the Hoosier Hysterics Collective. We'll go make the deals with the players that you want for the money that we talked about. We do all the legal. We do all the compliance. We do all the accounting. So the business who doesn't isn't in that world doesn't have to worry about any of it. And then we help them set up the event and we make the deals with the players. That's leg two of the stool. Leg three of the stool was the fan fest. It's events that we put on where we are specifically raising money for that event and that event pays out to the basketball team. Or if we did one with football, it would pay out for the football team or what we did with the women's camp that paid out to the women's team. And there's going to be big news on that leg of the stool coming. I hope it's this week, but it may push to, to the beginning of next week. But I promise you, it's great news. I think it's great for the Hoosier Nation and Hoosier community. Those are the three legs of the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective Stool. If you have any questions about it, go to hhnil.com. It's all spelled out there. Bottom line, we couldn't be more excited that Jalen hood Shafino and Malik Renault are the first ever ambassadors of Hoosier Hysterics. Okay, what else? Recruiting, man. I mean, you brought it up. It here we is, go. Here we go. They had the team camp, which I love. Yeah. I love that, right? They just like they got so many of their targets on campus. Let's let's tell people what the team camp is. You okay. want to go ahead and, and spell it out? Yeah. So what you have, Coach Woodson's got this rocking pretty much right out of the gate here in, in year two, but with the first year under his belt being able to set this up. So you, you're having uh some of the best high school teams around the area, okay, because we're going into Ohio for Gabe Cup's team and stuff like that, to get these teams on campus for yeah, I think like it's over the course of several days um i think some of them stay longer it? than others it or I, i'm like no i think it was one day it was all done in one day i thought it was kind of like a friday through sunday with no i don't think it staggered. was i think it was just i think it was just saturday oh man they got a lot done uh because I think so yeah you get all these guys on on campus who you 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 want there it's basically an unofficial visit right and you get them uh playing in front of all the coaches the coaches not only getting to watch them but a lot of these guys are coming from diff pretty decent programs that there could be a guy sneaking up maybe a younger guy on the roster and then you're also building the relationship with the coaches from those teams and you know whether it's like a, a perennial power that's often producing um good players like a, a Carmel or a cathedral um or maybe it's a school that's like oh hey where where this this program come from but this coach is going to be producing some guys either way it really Really builds a lot of goodwill, a lot of very genuine relationships. It shows respect to uh, especially those those schools from the state, and you know it's just one way to get the pipeline of. Uh, and look, when you're talking about Indiana, obviously everybody's talking about Xavier Booker, but you got these guys Harrelson and uh, Sisley, who are like guys who are like they're a few years out, but they're going to be big time national recruits. And when you're laying this kind of groundwork with them, their teammates, their coaches, it's going to pay dividends for uh, a very long time. Yeah, I think the perfect example of what you're talking about is 
um, Garway Dual. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but right. he was a guy that's been on the radar. But then the Indiana coaching staff got to sit there and watch this guy play multiple times. And the word is that they liked what they saw. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, you're just getting a bunch of top high school kids and primarily from the state, although there are some from outside the state, from the area, on campus playing in assembly hall in front mm -hmm. of the coaches. Now, there's all kinds of rules on what the contact is between coaches and players. I don't think they're actually allowed to talk to them and stuff, mm -hmm. but they get to be there and watch. And as we know, and we'll find out later on in this episode, the power of just being in Assembly Hall matters. It does. It's a weird place. <laughs> yeah. It is, right? I mean, it but is. It, it goes up so high on the sides that we hear that from almost everybody that we've talked to says, I had no idea it goes up like that. It's, it's so validating that it's not just us being born into it and having so many great memories there it's not just this bias built of of decades of love it's like no it's a first impression and it is powerful it is really powerful and they get to play basketball on that court so really exciting um look the 2023 class which is next up you know it's such a weird thing because we know we've got gabe cups and we know we've got chakai newton mm-hmm I do find it funny, though, that like when all the new rankings came up and Chikai didn't go up as much as people thought and Gabe didn't really go up much at all. And Indiana he slipped. Fans are, he slipped. And Indiana fans are screaming bloody murder. How could this be? Just because they commit to Indiana doesn't mean that they should be ranked higher. Like, just, and <laughs> yes, I love it the does. People, I just but I love the people who are like so worked up about it. I'm like. The person that's worked up about it, do you know who the 87th recruit in the country from West Virginia is? Like, you know that Gabe Cups is better than that person? It's just so <laughs> silly. It's like, be happy we got the kid and that the staff really wants him, and then we'll see what happens. But well, that, That's it, because I feel like Coach Woody, Coach Kenya, Yah, and now Walsh, they know better than any of us, Right. period. Period. Like what they want, what they're trying to do, what they already have, what they still need. And to me, it's like Gabe Cups is Gabe Cups. And everybody like I when you know somebody like Rabby is involved with the rankings, it does make you be like, well, there's something to it. And in the aggregate, to use the word of the day, it's like, yes, you definitely want more top 80 guys on your roster. But yeah, we're, we're really splitting hairs here between 107 and 90. And, right. and I'm putting my faith in this coaching staff way above and beyond a composite ranking of a bunch of people who probably aren't as good at their job as Rabby. I agree. And I also think that like what they did, and please don't take this in, in, in any way disparaging Ja'Kai and Gabe because we love them, but they've set like the floor of the class. You know what I mean? Like they went in and they're like, okay, we're going to get these guys early. We can get them. We now know that we have these solid guys who are likely four-year guys. Mm -hmm. We've got them in unless Ja'Kai blows up because of his athleticism, which is possible, but we've got like the floor. Now we take the big swings. You know, and look at what's happened late in the seasons for recruitments for Indiana over the last two seasons. Tamar Bates, five-star, came in the spring. Malik Renault came in the spring, five-star. So I think that they are, they're in on this kid, Arrington Page, a big kid from South. Obviously, the Xavier Booker recruitment, which I, I feel like so much of my time is back and forth on Peegs about this one. I'm just going to let it go for now. But <laughs> Xavier Booker, whose recruitment has just blown up. Uh, this kid, um, 
Stoyakovich, who's a big time shooter, Pages kid. Yeah. Uh, TJ Power, six foot eight kid who does like everything. He's like a playmaker from the six foot eight power forward spot. Uh, Kaiser, uh, a shooter. Like they're clearly going after a shooter in that class. And all those kids are ranked in like the top 80. So they've got some, some swings left for the big one. And then who knows again, Ward, what will happen in the spring? A coach gets fired. Yep. A kid decommits. Like they have to keep their options open because it's worked for them. The transfer portal. The transfer portal, which Woody has come out. It's interesting because I actually, Woody came out and said, like, I don't really believe I want to use the transfer portal. I think part of that is because he didn't get the kids that he wanted from the transfer portal. But you're right. Like, you just have to, it, it's a different kind of recruiting world now where, of course, you take an Xavier Booker. Of course, you take a TJ Power. But on some of these other ones, you may want to just, like, do you, is a bird in the hand better when you know that there's other there's other guys that will be out there and you're pretty good in short recruitments. Well, and wasn't it Kenny who said it what what gets you hurt is is getting get c- committing to the guy you don't actually want? Yeah, well, I it's funny you brought that up. We've heard this now. I think Kenya has said it. I've heard this from Michael Lewis. I heard this from Archie Ostrom. Um we've heard it from almost every Mick Cronin said the same thing that in recruiting you don't get hurt by the guy you miss on that guy can't really hurt you. He maybe twice a year if he's in your conference, right? Yep. That's not where you get hurt. You get hurt by getting the wrong guy. Yeah. Stuck you know, with the so, wrong guy. Right. So you want to be careful about who you offer. And if you miss out on a big swing, like an Xavier Booker, cause he goes to Duke or Kansas or whatever. Okay. So be it, but it's not like not getting Xavier means you can't have an elite team. Of course you can. Of course you can. There's plenty of fish in the sea. And so far, I think we have to give it to this staff to be like, they've done pretty well on these late recruitments. They're getting in earlier on guys now than we've ever seen because it's they haven't been there long enough. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the course of June and July, which are big recruiting times. Well, and I will say, was Jakai told us that basically – he started taking basketball seriously like a few weeks before he was on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. In terms of a guy who we'll see what he does the rest of this summer and what he does like his senior year, you know, uh, I, and and just having a proven winner in Gabe Cups. Like I already feel so good about those two guys. I think we all are pretty hopeful that that Jalen and Malik and CJ and Caleb, you know, will all be back for for a sophomore year. That it's just like, oh man, it is rolling right now. And I want to talk about preseason rankings for a minute. Sure. Because being in the top 25 has not been a thing for us, you know, for, for most of my son's lifetime. Well, it's most of my daughter's lifetime. Um, it yeah. just, we have not been ranked much in the last decade. Um, so this Trace Jackson Davis coming back, this, you know, anywhere from early 20s all the way up to pushing top 10. You know, most people have 11, 12, 17, 21, anywhere in there. I love it because we are ranked without having to play a game for months. Right. You know, anybody looking to see the state of Indiana University basketball looks at a top 10 recruiting class that just showed up on campus up let's say uh let's say on average a top 15 team going into the preseason and what that does for future recruiting is very exciting i agree look i i have never 
loved following the rankings because I just think it's such bullshit. And I think that um, most of the people doing the rankings don't even know the teams that they're ranking. But I go back to something Rabbi has taught us about football. And it's a little different, but I'm going to use the analogy where he talked about how important it is getting to a bowl game and why it's so important. And it's why he, he uses it for like a school like Indiana to schedule bad games at the beginning of the season because you've got to get the wins. Mm-hmm. You just got to get the wins. Because if you get to a bowl game, it means that when high school football season is over, those kids can come on visits while you're still practicing between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Mm-hmm. And being able to say we're in a bowl game and having those practices where everything is heightened because you're in a bowl game, it's just incredible PR for your school that helps you in recruiting. And I do feel the same way with college basketball rankings, just having our name above the fold, if you will, in some of those, you know, top 10 where you see us at seven, I think was it Andy Katz has us at seven or something like that. Katz loves some Hoosiers. Yeah. Well, he's employed by the big 10 network. (laughs) Um, So he had to put a big 10 team in there, but Jeff Goodman's got us in like the top 15, like, That's just incredible PR because the recruits do, they see the tweets, they see the stuff when you on ESPN, when they show the top 25 and you're there in the top half of it, it just is PR for your program. And when you're not in there, you it's what leads to irrelevance. You're just not part of the conversation. So I love it for that reason. It just keeps the momentum going. That's it, because it it is momentum. Just the hiring of Woody, and you kind of put the spin, the NBA spin, and that whole thing. And we're we're willing ourselves to believe that this is headed in the right direction. And then, you know, oh, we get Scoop to come in, and he keeps a lot of the players he wants to. And we're like, okay, this is good. And then, oh, the season is kind of up and down, and we're not really sure. But then the way it ends, we're like, yeah, this is real. We got in the tournament. This is real progress. Oh, oh, shit, we got a top 10 recruiting class. Like, it's all it's it's sort of becoming a reality where whereas our Hoosier crimson glasses have always tried to put a positive optimistic spin on it when you now start to get national people and even look even even kind of maybe more biased Big Ten guys you look at it in that way where these people who really know the Big Ten and they're all kind of coming out universally saying since Michigan lost their their two studs to the draft at the last second like Okay, as Rothstein says, the road to the Big Ten title goes through Bloomington. Like, that's messed up. I kind of want to be like, whoa, don't say that, but do, because that looks great for the program. But don't jinx us. It's like when when Cody and Vic's class was preseason number one, it was hard to wrap my brain around because it had been so long since there was that kind of hype around the program. It didn't matter who we were were returning. We still hadn't got past the Sweet 16. So I was like, are you guys sure? Are you guys sure? When when I saw the road to the Big Ten title goes through Bloomington. I was like, does he think that Illinois is in Bloomington, Illinois? <laughs> like, I was a little confused because he, it is such a weird thing to see. Does he think the tournament is taking place in Bloomington this <laughs> Yeah, year? like it did a couple years ago <laughs> during COVID. So it, it is super, super exciting. And let, let me ask you this. Okay. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but momentum and hype, like we are fully hyped. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Will you be disappointed if we do not finish in the top three of the Big Ten? Yes. Okay. Will you be disappointed if we don't win the Big Ten? Yes, but not like enraged. 
And you will be disappointed, I'm guessing, if we do not make the Sweet 16 this year. Yes. Yeah, that's the bar, right? It's yeah. compete for a Big Ten title and make it to the second weekend. Yeah, because I think now again, going out to these these experts, air quotes for those not watching, if they're all like pretty much unanimously saying we have top 20 talent and and experience and the coaches have been there long enough to mesh if if they're all buying in on that then you know okay then that's not just crimson colored glasses that's a, a fairly objective assessment of where this roster is at so to fall short of top three in the big 10 top six uh sweet 16 yes dis, dis, definitely disappointment you know but we have uh, not uh, had that bar ward for a long time yeah you know, I mean, like just going into each season, we have so been trained to manage our expectations because we knew we didn't have the teams that could do it. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case this year. And that is a great, great feeling. Nobody pinch me. Don't do it. I know. I know. By the way, another story that we didn't pay any attention to, but deserves a shout out. Did you know that Terry Morin was put on the staff of like Team USA women's basketball? I like did not for, see, for no. like the, the, the 18 and under team or something like that. Yeah. She's coaching them right now. Amazing. Yeah. It's awesome that she's on the staff. I'm, I'm super excited for the women's team. They reloaded in a way that is going to reshape how they play. I mean, they are going to be a three point shooting team this year. I mean, I don't want them to change their style too much because I love watching the way they play. Well, they're going to play fast. I mean, that's not going to change. The difference will be we have real players that can shoot threes this year. I mean, we have the leading three-point shooter, I think, from the Big Ten that was at Minnesota is coming in, shot over 40%. This Sydney Parrish from Oregon supposedly has a really good shot, an Indiana native. Like, they just went out and got ballers. Well, And look, obviously – Coach Morin doesn't need this to do this. She just did this reloading. But to be coaching up some of those under 18-year-olds, probably some of them who have not yet decided where they're going to go to college, that's that's good uh, laying groundwork for the future on the recruiting end. It totally, totally is. And then add that to the fact that we still have Mackenzie Holmes, one of the best frontcourt players in the country, and Grace Berger, just one of the best all-around players in the country. And Allie Patberg as the director of recruiting. Yes, I love it. I love it. By the way, you did see that our good friend, Coach Ash, who put us through the workout, she's gone. I did not. Where did she go? She went back home to NC State, where she is. Uh, that's her alma mater, where she played. They offered her a job, so she went back home. And we just filled the slot with, uh, with another um, coach. I can't remember her name right now. But I'm sure we'll get into learning about her as the weeks go on. Uh Let's get to this awesome, awesome conversation. I, I mean, look, I don't, I don't buy into highlight reels too much, but man, I'm feeling like this guy and his buddy he's coming in with. I think we're gonna see them both playing some this year. I don't think they're just gotta be watching and learning from the bench all season. I totally agree. Just to put some context on this, uh, obviously it's Tuesday. We did this interview last Friday when this gentleman had been on campus for about 22 or 23 hours. Mm -hmm. So he was fresh into Bloomington. I think his mind was swirling a bit, but he took the time because he is our new ambassador. Indeed. To chat with us. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. If you enjoy it a 10th as much as we did, you're going to really like this conversation. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have a brand spanking new Hoosier on the program today. Eric, who is this brand spanking new Hoosier we're so excited to meet? Hailing, hailing from Miami, Florida. We are talking to a national champion who all he did in those national championships at the Geico Nationals was average 14.3 points and 8.3 rebounds, leading Mount Verde to its second in a row national championship, correct? Yeah, look, two, back to back. He was an honorable mention All-American by Max Preps. He put in 10 points and nine boards at the Jordan Brand Classic. He played for the Knight Riders on the EYBL circuit, 17.2 points a game, 8.5 rebounds, and shot. Do you know what you shot from inside the arc? Do you know what your shooting percentage was on the EYBL circuit? I think like a little bit over 60 or somewhere around there. 61.8%. He was ranked the 27th best recruit in the 2022 class by 247 Sports. He was ranked 22 by ESPN. He was ranked 25 by Rivals. And just, it seems like a few days ago, but it was a few weeks ago, came to Bloomington, had breakfast at Bedrock at 9.30 a.m. and turned that place into a legendary infamous spot where he committed to the Indiana Hoosiers and Coach Mike Woodson, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast for the first time and hopefully first of many, Malik Renault. What'd you think of that intro? What'd you think of that, that intro? Was, that was very good. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got a smile ear to ear. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm celebrating good. I mean, the people around me are great. They put me in good positions, so I'm just doing good. I mean, I remember my first 24 hours in Bloomington as one of the happiest times of my life. I remember it distinctly, and it was a long time ago. What 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 has this whirlwind been like? What have you done in your first 24 hours? Um, I've been busy, actually. I mean, I haven't signed up for, like, I haven't registered for anything because I, you know, I'm late coming in. So I haven't been doing all that with um with the administrators and stuff like that. I've been sitting in all types of meetings, and then but I'm still getting my basketball part done. You know, I can't I skip out a day without working out. <laughs> so walk us through the last 24 hours because, like Ward said, you've been on campus for basically 24 hours. I would imagine your head spinning a little. Tell us about what happened when you got on campus and what you've done in the last 24 hours. Um. Well. Coach Hunter, he picked me up from the airport, and then I got settled in, um, put my stuff down in the room, and then went straight to the gym. I, Fino was already in the gym early, so, you know, I got the shots up. Um, that was yesterday. And then we had a little, a little dinner with Coach Woodson and all the guys at this little spot. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it was it was fun times. We was watching the game one of the series. And then nice. Came- do, you, do, you know, do, do you remember where you went, Knicks? Did you go to Knicks? Um, it's, no. it's a spot. It has like a little a pool table. I, I have no idea. Actually, It has a little pool <laughs> table. It was like all like rented out for us on this one side. So I, it had like, oh, it had mug shots on this, on the walls of like all famous people. Oh, I wonder, I don't know what spot that is. Well, look, it's your first spot of many in Bloomington, but you will come to love certain places and they will become your favorite. So you had dinner. I did hear that some current players might've stopped by too. Um, yeah, everybody's um, starting to come back now. Um, I just saw Trace. I saw, um, who I saw, I saw Mike. I saw, I saw a bunch of them. So I think X and um, Race came back today. So 
everybody's starting to come back now. So we're about to have a full squad here. Uh, so, Malik, you did get to come to Bloomington before uh, with Jalen. Jalen obviously is there now. He was in the gym before you. How much of a comfort is it to have your guy there with you through this process? Um, I feel like it's easier for me to um, really just take in everything. It's easier for because I'm with Fino now because I have somebody that I'm comfortable with. So, you know, I could show express myself more better um when i'm around him and stuff like that i feel like listen i was going to save this for later but no time like the present of course you're cool so you call your boy fino we call him jalen but we're going to start calling him fino because we're boys like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you you have a nickname um people call me leak like yeah leak well this is something we do I did come up with some nicknames for you. Okay, let me hear. Now, granted, these are terrible, and they're all based on your name, but I have three. I want you to weigh in on each of the three. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, the first is Malik. Renoe's going to score. <laughs> give, it, give it a grade one to ten. Um, I'll give it a... I'll give it a solid seven. seven okay, eight. that's fair. That's fair. I like that you didn't just try to kiss our ass and go to a nine. I like that. It was pretty generous. Um, I think it's still generous. <laughs> we still have two more. So we got two more. You're right. You're right. All right. Number two. Malik, if Renault, Renault. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> if you know, you know. That's good. That's good. What do you give that? What do you give that? Give it an eight. I'm not gonna give it a nine or a ten yet. All right. Like- and then the last one, Malik. Oh, you better Renault. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think we're. It's fair to say that all three will not catch on. <laughs> all right, man. So, listen. You're you're in Bloomington. The last 24 hours. You you got dinner last night. What has uh. You went back to the room afterwards. Are you rooming with Fino? Yeah, but he's not here right now. I think his his key card is messed up, so he Uh-oh. went to go fix that. All right. Probably, uh, Are you in your dorm right now? Yes. How do how do the dorms that you're living in now compare to the Mount Verde dorms? Um, I think it's it's a little bit more spacious. Um, just because I don't have a roommate in the room with me. No. I mean, it's like two rooms, but like. It's connected by a bathroom, so we both have our separate sides. So uh, that's like way better than where I was living at in Mount Vernon. Got it. Okay, so what when when you're um, thinking? Wait, about, let's get okay. the rundown of today. What happened today? What, oh, we yeah. already asked. Okay, great. Let's get the rundown. So this morning, did you get breakfast somewhere? Nah, actually, I didn't eat until like two in the um, two thirty or somewhere around there because um, we had like orientation and stuff like that. So I had to get that done. Then I stopped by Miss um, Price over at Lowe's office to do stuff with her, and then um, I, we got we got lunch, and then we did a workout. So that's how my day went. Now I'm on the podcast. Now, Malik, do you spend <laughs> is it do you spend one hour on each bicep or one one hour total on your biceps? I, th- those things are are larger than me. Um, I don't know. I spend a decent amount there. <laughs> Ward, show off your guns. Uh, you know, look, he's 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 brand new to town. I don't want to scare him right out of the gate. There's no intimidating going on on this program. But sure. but Malik, you you are 
built for college in a way that most freshmen showing up are not is what are you working on this summer? Let, let's say, you know, what's your focus both for your, your game and even working out physically, your, your body? What, what are the two, two things you're going for both on the floor and in the gym, as you will, to, to, to get ready for the fall? What's your focus? Uh, I think definitely I need to start off with um, switching up my diet for sure. That would be a big key and really just developing myself um, in the gym, like weight room type of thing. I definitely need to get even stronger there than what I am right now. Um, there's way more stronger and talented players than me at this uh, at this point in my career. So I need to definitely get in the weight room, too. And then on the court, I feel like I need to work on everything all around type of game, because um, now that the NBA is coming around, everybody needs to you know shoot the, the three ball, excuse me. Um, attack the basket, be able to handle the ball um, in certain situations. So I'm definitely just working on everything. Um, and and Coach understands that. He puts me in with the, you know, working out with the guards. You know, I'm working out with the bigs too. So I get a little mix of everything. So I won't, um, you know, so I can have an all-around game. What has your communication been with the current team before you got to campus? Are you like on text chains with the current guys? Have you gotten to know everybody or is it, is it now like is do you have butterflies in your stomach a little bit about just moving to a new place and meeting people? No, I think I um, I came in easy um, because it felt easy coming in, you know, getting along with everybody. Because like, the coaching staff is great. It was easy to get with, um, you know, have fun with them and stuff like that. And then players. I knew Caleb from the top 100 camp. I played with him at the top 100 camp. CJ, he's just cool. I mean, it was easy to get along with CJ. And then all the guys that were already here. You know, I met X when I was on my visit. I met Race. Trace is awesome. You know, everybody's cool. So it's like everybody's having a good time. Love it. All right, let's go back. We're going to get to the commitment story, but we're going to do that at the end here. Okay. Let's go back to just we love to get to know new Hoosiers. So talk to us about your childhood. Where are you from? Uh, oh, the phone, the phone went, went crazy again. Um, where are you from? We talked about being from Miami, but give us a little bit of like what your family life was like and, uh, and just a little bit about you growing up. Um, well, so, um, it's just my mom, my dad, my older brother and me, um, we, you know, we live in Miami. We've been growing up there for a little while. Um, I mean, all my life, actually. Um, I've been there at school in there, all that until like the 10th grade. Then I moved to Mount Verde. Um, for my junior and senior year for basketball and education reasons too. And so, I mean, I had what, kind of, what kind of kid were you? Like, what, did you and your brother fight? Were you a troublemaker? Were you a class clown? Like what kind of kid were you? I say I was a, I was a troublemaker and a class clown growing up, <laughs> but that was, that was young me. I'm not like that no more. <laughs> <laughs> if I had your dad and mom on and said to them, yeah. What is the what is the craziest, silliest thing that Malik did when he was a kid? What story would they tell me? Uh, I did a lot of bad stuff growing up. <laughs> um, I, I probably ran out of the house a couple times. Okay. Really, yes, that was bad. Yeah, I mean, I've been I did a lot of stuff, but I just don't remember right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how convenient. Let me ask you if you did this, because this is what I ask anybody who's from Miami. Both times I've been to Miami, I went to a magical place called Monkey Jungle. Have you ever heard of Monkey Jungle? Have you been there? No, I haven't been to Monkey Jungle. 
Like, <laughs> tell me where the location's at. I probably know where it's at. It's a little, it's a little southeast of Miami. Like it's, it's maybe about a twenty minute, uh, twenty minute drive. I'm sorry, west. It's not in the ocean. That would be east. So it's, <laughs> it's west of Miami. But it's the, the whole concept is humans are in cages and the monkeys roam free. So you're basically walking like through these paths that are all enclosed with cages and the monkeys can come up and like reach through the bars and you can give them raisins and peanuts. It's 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 one of my favorite places on Earth. I actually never been there, but I definitely want to walk through those cages, too. That sounds fun. Yeah. When you when you get back for a visit, you got to go. But let's let's as you were growing up, not going to monkey jungle. When when do you start to realize ah this basketball thing's pretty cool? Me and this bet like when did you find the game? When did it start having a future for you? Um, I say freshman year, sophomore. Nah, actually sophomore year because um wow going into sophomore year um we started at my old school we started playing at um you know bigger tournaments. My name was getting out and stuff like that. We played at the City of Palms and I, I had 27. It was just an exhibition game, but I had 27 and a 14 rebounds. So it was a good showing for me. And then that's when I like I first like got on the spot or like the scene of like where everybody started to know my name and stuff like that. And that's where I think I exploded from. How did you originally find the game of basketball? Was your were your parents big into basketball? Like when did you start playing? My mom played my mom played in college. My dad, he played overseas when he was a well, not like really overseas, but like he played when he was back home. It was like for fun. Your but... dad is from Jamaica, is that right? No, he's from Belize. The... Oh, Belize. Belize. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So he played when he was over there too, but it wasn't really like anything, you know, anything serious. But he played, and I think I got it from them, especially my mom. I mean, I, she's been around for a long time. She goes to every game, all that. So she's she's the best. Would would uh... she would she take you out and play you one on one? Nah, not anymore. But when not I was younger, anymore, <laughs> but when you were younger, did she used was, to smoke you? Yeah, she definitely gave me uh, plenty of times. <laughs> um, what about you know? Hey, there were some pretty good Miami Heat teams when you were uh, younger as a kid. Did you you follow all those teams with Dwayne Wade with LeBron? You remember that? Were you into that? Um, yeah, I mean, I went I went to LeBron James MVP. Um, MVP ceremony one year. Um, I saw him. He gave me a high five too. So nice. <laughs> yeah, I was young though, so it was like 2011 or or one of the years he had the MVP when he was in Miami. So who? But I really had. I didn't go to the, any of the games when LeBron was there. But I went to that that little award ceremony for him though. Mm-hmm. Were you an NBA fan growing up? Were you a fan of watching basketball on TV? And if so, <laughs> oh, you weren't, huh? <laughs> I, I mean, I actually don't watch, like, I mean, if it was a good game, I'll probably I'll turn TV on and watch it for, uh, you know, a little bit. But I wasn't really a fan. I was a fan when um, the New York, New York Knicks had Carmelo and all of them. J.R. J.R. Smith, yeah, you like the troublemakers. That's yeah. what you like. You like the troublemakers. <laughs> yeah, that's you. So, so did that come enter into your thinking at all when uh, uh, this this coach Woodson from Indiana University's hovering around and he coached Carmelo at the Knicks? Did did that uh, appeal to you at all? Actually, um, well, yeah, a little bit, but like I wasn't really, you know, just thinking about Carmelo or he coached Carmelo and stuff like that. Even though that's one of my favorite players, 
it was it was crazy though, just knowing that he coached a lot of players in the NBA that that we watch right now though. For sure. All right, we love asking this question because it's an experience that Ward and I will never have in our lives. Never. When was the first time you dunked the basketball? Doesn't have to be a game. Just the first time you remember dunking on a ten foot basket. Give us the story. It was it was an in game dunk because I wasn't like growing up. I didn't really like try to dunk. So when I tried it. I mean, it was an in-game. I was JV my eighth grade year. Um, it was a fast break. I, all arms, no legs. It was <laughs> up as high as I can. Ball went in. The crowd went crazy. It was. It was Did you was, go crazy? Yeah, I actually got a tech too. I started screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, your first dunk was was it also your first tech? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually tend to, you know, sharing stuff. <laughs> or get- I love it. I love it. I do notice, it, you know, I watched as many games as I could, followed you at the Geico Nationals, you know, and noticed that um, you do play with emotion. You you have some really good emotion on the court. Has that always been the case for you, or is that something that you've grown into? Uh, just a little. I definitely grow into that. Um, just, you know, just building confidence. Once you start building confidence, that's when you start to play with a lot of emotion and stuff like that. You start screaming at your teammates to do better and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely when you start building that confidence that you need, that's when you start to develop um, that emotion part too. Uh, I wonder when, you know, as you clearly took a leadership role this year, it's your last year. um, But I do wonder when you, well, let's let's go first before we get into your time at Montvert. Let's talk about that decision. You know, with with your family, when did you decide, like, hey, for me to really reach my ceiling, I got to go here and do this? How did how did you come to that discovery? How does the process even work? Do they approach you and say, hey, we'd like you to come here, or do you kind of put out a feeler to them? How's that work? Well, in my case, I definitely reached out to them. Um, but it was at, at a point where COVID, it was COVID year. Um, schools down in Miami weren't doing anything. Mm. Um, so I was just in a predicament where I was like, I might as well go to a, a prestige school or a big time basketball school and high school and get better developed there rather than sit home and, and not do anything and just work on skill work and stuff. So I did that and it worked out pretty well for me. I mean, I got two, cha- I got two national championships. Um, great relationships with the coaches there. So, I mean. Did you at all get to know or play against, I think you played against him, Tamar, a scoop, uh, when he was across town at IMG, uh, (laughs) IMG, and obviously they're a big competitor. Did you know him at all? Um, Actually, I didn't know him at the time, but uh, when he played us, he actually gave us a lot of buckets. So (laughs) (laughs) That swag, you know, that swag, so. Yeah, he's got plenty of that. All right, before we get to, to Mount Verde, I want to go back a little bit more. So you weren't really watching a ton of NBA basketball. What were you doing as a kid? Were you into TV shows, movies? We like to – what were you into? Now, I was outside running around, you know, playing football and stuff, like throwing the football around and going to outside courts or going to my friend's house, and we pulled the rim down all the way low so we could dunk on the rims. That was, that's my type of day. That's what I was doing when I was younger. Okay. <laughs> Got it. And did you ever play organized football or was it all like you know, the in the lot? I mean, I played when I was younger. Not I'm not a lot, though. I mean, I ain't like the physicalness of like just hitting people. Uh, I ain't like that part. So I just stopped playing like organized football. But like I definitely like basketball, 
I loved I loved playing basketball when I was younger, for sure. Um, all right. Do, are you a music guy? Do you listen to music? <laughs> that's all right. That's the that's the joy of not doing these live. We can cut that out. <laughs> uh, so, are you a music guy? Do you listen to music? I mean, I listen to you know, I listen to a good amount of music. I'm a who are you listening to? Uh, you probably don't know, but I listen to like No Cap, Little Baby, Rollo, and stuff like that. <laughs> First of all, Malik, why would you say you probably wouldn't know? Are you looking at us and you're just like, this is just two old white dudes who definitely don't know anything about music? Is that no? You can be honest. Is that what you I'm see just, across the Zoom? I'm just thinking that you guys don't listen to the type of music we listen to as a like, you know, as a young age type of kid. Like, you listen to like a lot of rap. It's a lot of cursing and stuff in it. I mean, I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't know if you guys really like like that type of stuff. So, we Look, love I, we love cursing. Is this cool? We love cursing. We love cursing. I, I've become fairly obsessed, at least when I'm at the gym and driving around, with Run the Jewels. Is that cool? Is that cool? Is Killer Mike cool? Yeah? Yes, sir. Or, or, or is, is that not cool? <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. Okay. All right. Good. All right. We do I don't listen to anybody. I don't listen to anybody whose name starts with Lil. I just got a problem with that. There's too many Lils, so I won't listen to anybody. <laughs> what about Duh? What about Duh? What about no the does baby? and no lils? No does, no lils. Wait, Malik, do you know this song? Oh, uh, by the way, I, I don't even know. The you don't know. You don't know John Mellencamp, do you? Nah. <laughs> no. No, I mean, like you, we heard like five notes. Like Zoom right, was now. Not... I'm just saying his name. Now I'm just saying his name. Yeah. You don't know John Mellencamp. Do you know Billy Joel? No, I have no clue. Right. We're gonna put a playlist together. We're gonna put an old. We're gonna put a mid forties white guy playlist together for you, and send it over. And I expect a review of that. You can skip the Billy Joel ones; those have no relevance to what's going on here. But John Mellencamp is a legendary Hoosier rocker who you very well may see at games this year because he lives in Bloomington. But at one point in the mid '80s, he was the biggest rock and roll star in the world. Yes, sir. Yeah, he's okay. like, let's just move on. Yeah, I get it. All right, do you have? I know you weren't a big TV or movie guy, but do you have a favorite movie of all time? Um, yes, actually, it's called Limitless. Oh, with Bradley oh, Cooper. Sure. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's good. That's... Do you have a favorite TV show of all time? Um, Lost. Mm. Ooh, mm. good okay. choice. Okay. Yeah. That so, is that that first season. The first season of Lost is as good as any season of TV ever. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, I, I stand by that. No, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. Mm. The loss is real good. Real good. All real right. Good. Greatest of all time. What about food? What, what, like, if, if you come home from school when you're younger, <laughs> like, what's the guilty pleasure food that if it's around, you're going to eat the whole thing? Um, a grilled cheese. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what about, and what are you drinking with your grilled cheese? Um, definitely not water. <laughs> Probably some Capri Sun packages. Um, yes. like that. I get, I get a bone to pick with Capri Sun, if I could, for a second. I loved the taste of Capri Sun when I was a kid, but I could never figure out the straw. Yeah. 
the straw, the straw. I like I always, I always miss it or I poke a hole in somewhere Yeah, you else. poke it through the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. Like, why couldn't they just go with a box? Yeah, box, box would be good too, but I don't know. I would still right. drink packages. I don't care if I poke the hole in or not. <laughs> You'll just shotgun a Capri Sun. That was so, me. Yeah. So, as Look, I still eat terribly, right? Um, but you, okay, now you're going to be under the, the purview of, of Cliff Marshall and whatever nutritional staff and support you guys have there at IU. But do you already feel like you've, you've got a pretty good diet going at, at Montverde? Did they do a good job of, of telling uh, you what you should be eating? Um, not really. I wasn't, I wouldn't say that we had, we, we had a good diet plan. I mean, <laughs> the food was kind of bad though. Um, mm. I'm not trying to like make it seem like it was the worst, but I didn't really, you know, we didn't, we didn't go cafeteria at uh, no times during the, this, during the year. It was mostly door dashing and stuff like that. So mm. how many okay. grilled cheese sandwiches are you eating in a week? Um, <laughs> Not many because I mean I didn't have the bread or the cheese though, you know. You gotta stay it. away from it. You gotta stay away from it. You know, somebody it. once told me bread makes you spread. Yeah. <laughs> cheese makes me fart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You get to Mount Verde. What was that like for you leaving home, going away to a, a school where you're living on your own? Was that a hard transition for you? Um, I mean at first, the first couple of months, yeah, it was it was rough, you know, not seeing your parents, you know, providing for you and stuff, and then just learning how to just grocery shop by yourself, um, do all types of stuff by yourself, like wash clothes and stuff. So I mean, that part's hard. So just getting that uh, situated. Once I got that situated, that's where I thought I prospered from there. That's where it was like easier for me to just focus on what I need to focus on: schoolwork and the basketball part. And that was, and then that got easier from there. What was like a real aha moment for you on how hard you were going to have to work to compete with players just on your own team, much less yeah. the teams you were competing against? Did did you did you go from, from like, oh, yeah, I'm just sort of born to do this to like, oh, man, if I don't grind, I'm going to get left behind? Yeah, um, I'll say when um, – not even before we practice. I mean, I'll say when RJ Barrett came in the gym, we were running five on fives and stuff. RJ Barrett was in the gym. We had Jalen Durant, Caleb Houston. We had all types of big time names in there. And I mean, the first open gym we had, it was, it was like, yeah, I need to step my game up, or I need to, I need to compete at a, a big time level if I want to stay here. And that's, I think that's where like I realized I need to, you know, stay in the gym and just be there all day. <laughs> Yeah. When did the relationship with Fino start? Um, instantly, actually. I mean, everybody, um, you know, clicked once we got there at the school. Um, the first year, um, it was a little distance between, you know, the team. We had like a couple clicks here and there. But the second year, the senior year, me, Fino, Derek, Dylan, everybody, we just it was like it was like no time, like no like nowhere we went where we were separated. We were always together. I mean, and that's where we built that real bond at me and Fino. That's great. So then tell us recruiting. So you're at Mount Verde. It's a factory for, you know, NBA players and high-end college division one players. When did that really pick up for you? And then 
how did you ultimately make the decision for Florida, which was your original decision? Uh, just walk us through that process. Um, so, you know, going into Mount Verde, I, I probably had about three, four offers, all from Florida schools, you know, Florida, Florida State, and Miami probably. It's like, you know, I had, a, I had a couple probably from, like, Oklahoma State and stuff like that. But, you know, to me, it was all in, in, in like, in like in-state schools. So I was like really focused on those schools, you know, growing up. So I didn't know I was gonna get any more, you know, big time, you know, schools. So that's what I was thinking. And then um, I got to the end of the season. I started picking up um, more offers from the high school. And then the summer, that's that summer from junior to my senior year, that's when I really explored. I started getting all types of big time offers from schools I didn't know out that I was going to get contact from Washington and stuff like that. It's like all types of places. So I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And then I dropped my, my top seven lists and I had Indiana on there, um, Indiana, Florida, all types of schools. And the reason I didn't, you know, visit Indiana in the beginning was because they were going to the Bahamas and like, it was like a big situation where like the Bahamas, they were going to Bahamas and then I wanted to do it before a certain date. So I was like, nah, I didn't want to, you know, no, I didn't want to like push my date back for them and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm gonna just cut them off the list. Like I'm not gonna do it. So that's the reason that that part happened. And then, you know, going through the the other process where I picked Florida, it was I mean it was a no brainer. I had you know all the coaching staff I was really comfortable with um, to this day too. So I mean real comfortable. And then it was like a no brainer for me. So I chose Florida to go there. I was doing good, doing fine. Coach, coach started off the season real good, and then the season started the dwindle. People started, you know, up, you know, people started to realize, and then he got a good job at Georgia, and even um, real Florida. quick though, Malik, did you have any sense as the season was going on in your conversations with coaches there? Did they let on at all that something may not be right, or were you shocked when it happened? Um, I wouldn't say I was shocked, but. I mean, the conversations we had were, you know, good conversations. Like, we'll be on the phone for a long time talking, you know, relationships, all types of stuff. It wasn't really just basketball with, uh, you know, Coach White. So that's what I like, too. And then, I mean, we had a conversation. It really was not, not about his job or what he was going to do in the future. I didn't never had those conversations. But I wasn't surprised that he, you know, got up and left and, you know, got a good, you know, got a good job at Georgia. So, yeah. Um, and, yeah. What went through your head when you heard the the store the the news that he was leaving? Did it, I mean, did it hit you like? And you said you weren't shocked, but I would imagine like you thought you were going to Florida. Your mind was wrapped around going to Florida. It's still got to be a tough thing to deal with at that time, and then you don't have a lot of time to make a decision. Yeah, for uh, for me, um, I was always talking about you know the possibility that coach you know coach me you know end up leaving because of just the season they were having. I mean, he started off real well and then it started going down hill from there. But uh, I mean, I always kept that in mind. And then he finally did it. And then, you know, he contacted me, letting me know, you know, beforehand, before he even got it done. And that's what I respect from Coach White, really just, you know, contacted me about it and, and letting me know what, he, what his decision was and stuff like that. And then going into, um, you know, the, the new, um, the new like recruitment, yeah, um, it would say it just exploded. Once I um, ended up signing the letter to you know decommit from the school, all types of schools are exploding. But in my head, I was picturing you know schools already been you know 
communicated with and uh, what's going to be best for me. So Indiana was um, one of the big time, uh, one of the schools I was mainly looking at. Uh, a couple other schools too, um, but it was it was like a lot of people contacting me, but I already knew like a certain amount of like schools I was going to look at. And how much, if you can talk us through both uh, with Fino and with Coach Kenya Hunter, like ha- like how much did both of them influence your decision even just to, to get up to Bloomington in the first place? Was it was it kind of like all those two guys that convinced you Bloomington was worth a look? It definitely wasn't Fino that convinced me. He does a bad job. But, <laughs> but Coach Hunter, you know, now he did a great job uh, with the recruit posthumous. I mean, we talked, you know, we talked, we had great conversations. Um, he always wanted me to, you know, come up and, and visit because he knew, like, once I get up there and see how it feels, you know, you're going to like it. And then I finally got on a visit. I told Fino to come that weekend because why not, like, why not have Fino on there? But Fino yeah. was like, right, this is me. Fino had nothing to do. With, he was lost the whole, like, visit. He was lost the whole. <laughs> All he did was show up for the foods. He showed up. <laughs> He did a good job going going in, leading into it. But once he got there, I mean, we had a good time, me, Fino. You know, I went out with the players, too. But we all had a good time. But, I mean, it was it was clear, like, this is the spot. Like, well, okay, so so let's back up for a second. Let's first talk about the your interaction with Coach Woodson, because he is a larger-than-life figure, both physically and figuratively. But what was your initial impression of him when you first got to meet him and talk to him? What was he like to you? You're smiling, which because I feel like that's everybody's reaction about Coach Woody, but give us your take. Um, I was definitely shocked when he, when he first called me. It was during the top 100. He first called me, and I was like, Coach Woodson, this is Coach Woodson. And now everybody knows his voice, like the way he talks. So it's like, I was like, this is him. This is him for sure. I was like, yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> And I'm like, this is crazy. I couldn't believe it. But, I mean, it, we had great conversations every time we get on the phone. And it's not just about basketball like everybody wants it to be. It's, it's life, how your parents are doing, how this doing, da-da-da. So it was great conversations here. And and I'm assuming he did. Uh-oh, Fino's Uh-oh. here. Fino's here. <laughs> they want somebody knocking on the door. Excuse me. No, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You. You were just sitting out here? No, I just came in. Hey, hey. What's, what's up, up buddy? What's, what's up, what's buddy? Up? How are you? I'm good. How are y'all? We're great. Great we're day. Great. Yes, sir. We're excited that you guys are there. Yes, right, sir. We are, too. Very good. All right. I ain't going to bother y'all. <laughs> All right. Cool. Good to see you. <laughs> you didn't get the key fits? No, it didn't work. Oh, Jesus. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, so so you were saying you had great conversations about more than just basketball. Yeah, it's it's we we talk like life, how your parents doing, what you're doing, or you know when you're down in Miami, stuff like that. I mean, it's great conversations. Well, when you, I'd like to actually take a step back to before I believe it was the wasn't it the weekend before you went to Bloomington was Geico's? No, that was yeah. the Jordan Brand was or the, the Jordan, Jordan, yeah, Brand. Jordan Brand. Jordan Brand, yeah. 
Um, Although we should Geico go back to Jordan Geico's Brand too. We'll, we'll go back to Geico's. It was okay. Geico and Jordan Brand doing that. <laughs> so it, it was it was a busy month. Yeah, well, I love that you're a winner, two-time national champion, bringing that mindset, that mentality to Bloomington. So I'm just kind of wondering uh, the winning mindset, the, the confidence, the belief to win a national championship against the best high school competition in the country. Where does that come from? Is it is it just being super competitive or at Montverde you're just expected to win it because the talent's there? Like how do you how like because you're coming into a program now where that mindset is changing, right? Like at the end of last season, that the group you're now joining was like, yes, yeah, something clicked. We're gonna we're going to win games. But I'm wondering how do you what are you bringing to Bloomington to keep that building? Um, I mean, at Mount Verde, you, um, everybody expects you to win. So, I mean, that's what the Mount Verde situation is. Everybody expects you to win. But I think um, the people we had on the team was already, you know, you know, used to that winning stand or, like, really competing and stuff like that. So when you compete and you you go hard against the best, you 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 always want to win. And, and, like, it sucks when you lose, like, me and Fino – Derek, we are all, you know, when we lose at Mount Verde, we, we're pissed, like mad. Like next time we in practice, we we going at each other. And the whole month, whole two months before Geico, we're going at each other every day, two, two and a half hours, three hours, like practices going hard each day. So when we got to Geico, it was like no brainer. We were gonna go hard. And, and it was our last year, and we had to get one for Derek. So that's what I was thinking, like. Oh, I had to, you know, you know, I'm performing well. Uh, I mean, and just winning, like for me, is a big thing because I hate losing. And I, I know everybody says that, but when you really like prove that you hate losing, it, it's a good feeling. Well, and you played your best personal basketball during those Geicos. I mean, you you upped your season averages and rebounds and points. You were a primary scorer in in many of the games. How good did it feel? your senior year, it's the last time you'll play in high school to win that national championship? Uh, it was the best feeling ever, actually. Um, after, um, you can tell after the, the game, the last game we had, um, how emotional I was on the TV, um, just hugging Fino and that picture that y'all had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it, was a big, uh, it was a big time thing for me. And then... You don't have much time because you are playing in Jordan Brand not too not too many weeks after that, and you go to Chicago, you play in Jordan Brand, you show out in Jordan Brand with almost a double double there, and then don't you get in a car and go immediately to Indiana after Jordan Brand that night? Yeah, I I had um so this is what happened after the game um I had to get all my stuff out of the little locker they have for us, and then once I got that. I head back to the, the hotel. I got I got five guys. <laughs> I got five guys before I got on the road. And then <laughs> I took off for Bloomington. I was already asleep in the car. So when I got to the hotel, I was just, I was just knocked out already. So that next day we came. Um, I was wide awake, energized, ready to, you know, do my visit. Wait, wait I had a time, time out. At the hotel, did you shower? Yes, I did. I okay, did. thank God. Thank God. <laughs> I I mean, <laughs> all right, good. So you get in the shower, you get five guys, you hop in the car, three hours to Bloomington, you get a yep. power nap in. Ward, were you jumping in there? Well, yeah. I mean, you're just saying everything he just said, so I was going to move forward. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> First of all, Malik, don't laugh. Like, why are you laughing? Because he's making fun of me. Like, that is some bullshit. Okay? Nailed that it, is Malik. Some, that Nailed is some it. hardcore bullshit. You're right fitting there. right in here. So you wake up refreshed. You're in blue. Oh, he woke up? Is that what happens in the morning? You wake up? Wow. Yeah, hopefully not as obvious. Hopefully not as angrily as you. <laughs> and now you find yourself in the greatest city on earth. Like, did, did did you get the feeling as you started to walk around campus in Bloomington, like this is a special place? Um, definitely. Uh, when I'm walking, when I was walking around around my visit, I got people screaming my names. Oh, Malik, are you like? I'm like. Like, I never had that before. I was like, yeah, this is a place I want to be. You know, fans are crazy here. Uh, the crowd is crazy, you know, uh, at the games and stuff like that. So it, that's a fun experience just to be around, you know, tons of fans playing the game you love. I mean, that's a great thing. How um, – so that morning, did you go to Assembly Hall pretty early in the morning? Um, yeah, somewhere around there. I think we did the photo shoot a little early, so – and yeah, what was that like walking into Assembly Hall for the first time? It was crazy. I didn't know it was that. It, the, the outside looks like the outside of the arena looks good, and then once you come in, it just it just keeps getting better and better. Mm. And was better. there a moment, Malik, on that trip where before you told anybody, was there a moment where you knew I'm coming here? And what was that moment for you? Um, it was. Um, it was after the dinner we had that night, after the dinner we had that night, um, I got back to the hotel, I called my mom and dad, because they were in, they weren't in my, the same hotel room as me, they were in the other one, so I called them, and I was like, mom, I don't think we need to schedule any more visits, or anything, I, I was like, this is it, and I was like, I agree, and I was like, Oh, if you agree, then it, then it is the perfect spot already. I was, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And then next day we were at. All right, so this what happened. We were at um, yeah, give breakfast because everybody wants to. Everybody wants to know. So I was at breakfast and I came in on like like stuff where I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here, or like I was like on my phone and I was like wasn't talking that much, and I was acting like I was you know ready to leave. You and were then, putting on a show. Yeah, I was like, like I was ready to leave and stuff, and I was like, Coach Wilson, I need to, you know, talk to you. So I pulled Coach Wilson out, and nobody realized that I like me and Coach Wilson were outside until until we finally like opened the doors to the the restaurant, and then they were they were all staring out the window like <laughs> looking, and I'm like, I'm like. I'm but wait, but wait, time out, time out. Before you get to the moment. So when you were at that table and playing your, uh, I don't want to be here. I'm, do you think everybody <laughs> at the table thought like, oh, he doesn't want to be here? Do you think you convinced yeah. them? My yeah, God, I them you're, good, you are I, a troublemaker. You're trying to fuck with everybody. I love it. When I came back in, they were like, oh my goodness, I thought you were coming. You look so mad. <laughs> so like, wait, yeah. take us outside. Tell us exactly what you remember about what you told Coach Woodson and what his reaction was. <laughs> Um, so I took him outside and I was like, I was like, coach, um, it gets cold in the winter. So I hope you got some, you know, some winter gear for me and stuff. And he was like, huh? So like, what I mean, I was like, coach, I'm coming to Indiana. And then <laughs> he got, he grabbed me by my head, came in so close. Like he grabbed me so aggressive, like and, and he gave me a big hug. 
He was so happy. <laughs> and oh, I was like, it, Coach, I'm from Miami now. Don't forget that winning year. <laughs> Don't forget that you, winning year. You both walked back in together? Yeah, we both walked in. The whole restaurant was screaming and stuff. So it was a good time. Wow. Wow. I mean, and, Malik. And, and, that was a great way to end the visit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, now I, I'm wondering about like that when you came to the moment of the decision, you know, in the hotel the night before, how much was it you were going through like a list in your mind of and uh, you're checking all the boxes? And how much was it just like a feeling like, oh, I, I can feel it. This is right. Um, It was just being around the teammates and just feeling how they, you know, they go about their business, Um, how the coaches go about their business. And what did I what did I want in my you know my future where I want to be in my future and just being around you know NBA like people that you know Coach Woodson has been in the NBA he knows what it takes to be there so it's like everybody it was like a no brainer for me it was it was just a complete no brainer for me and that was and the work you know Coach Yaga Coach Hunter you know they put in and just all the coach stuff the G, GMs and stuff like that too so it's like everybody you know is ready to work and willing to work. A lot of fans who know nothing like us and we're following it from the outside. There was a lot of thought about like, oh, is, you know, Malik is a five star. He can go start somewhere right away. There's probably other schools that are going to tell him he's going to start. Whereas at Indiana, Trace might come back. Race might come back. And a lot of people were worried about what that meant for you. Did that ever bother you? Did you ever even think about that stuff? I mean, it didn't. It didn't bother me because Coach Woodson was telling me every time he, he was like, "Race may come back, Trace may come back, and you're not going to be guaranteed anything." And I, I like not being guaranteed anything because that makes it makes you want to work even more and stuff like that. So, so that's was my you know ultimate decision too. Well, you, what about the the you walked into Assembly Hall and you saw giant bronze statues of players. <laughs> Who won national championships? You you saw banners hanging in the rafter. Like how much how much of it is wanting to be a part of a program, not just with that kind of history, but where like everybody within the program and a million people who support the program wanted to get back to that place. Does that factor in? Like, yes, I want to get this school yeah. back to a national championship. Um, yes, definitely. And I, I like I said before, you know, I love winning and it's nothing better than winning. So when you go into a, a situation where they're coming off a good season, but it wasn't what they were expecting. So, and they're bringing in other great talent with them. It was like, it was like, we have a chance to, you know, go, go far in a, in a good run. So that's what I was looking at too. You have yeah, not really had, the oh, sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Finish I, was just, I was like really being a part of a, you know, a good, team that's going to work work hard every day and put in that work to you know really try to get that national championship this year yeah so you've been there 24 hours practices and workouts start on monday it's it's friday right now how excited are you to play against race thompson and trace jackson davis every day in practice i mean i know you come from a place with a ton of talent so i you're yeah. used to that but now you're going to the college game where you have an All-American and one of the best big men uh, power forwards in, in the conference in race and grown-ass men. How excited are you for what they can teach you about the game of basketball and just banging against you in practice? 
I'm super excited. You know, I love competition. So it's just going to get me, Ray's, you know, trace all of us better at the same time. And, you know, just competing every day is, I mean, it can't get no better than that. It can't. All right, so let's talk about the other big news that came out yesterday, which is that you are officially a Hoosier Hysterics ambassador. We signed you with the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective to a deal. We are so excited that you and Jalen, Fino, I should say, are both ambassadors. Uh, What does it mean to you to come to a place like Indiana and immediately be able to enter into an NIL deal that that helps you – you know, take advantage of the fact that, that you guys can now monetize your, your name, image, and likeness. Um, it's, it's a great feeling that, you know, be able to be a part of the Hoosier Nation and stuff like that and the Hoosier Historic stuff like that because, you know, you know you have people behind you and supporting you when you're at the crowd or you're around walking town. You know people is going to be like, hey, what's up, Malika, stuff like that. So it's, it's a great feeling. Well, yeah, and that's the thing with this collective, right? Like, yeah, we're we're it's the the Hoosier Hysterics NIL collective, but there's hundreds of fans who are contributing this thing right now. Eventually, thousands. Will, is thousands. it thousands now? Yes. We're in the thousands. Yes. So, so that's that is the kind. You, they're not just going to scream for you in assembly hall, but they're going to make sure that you have everything you need to just live comfortably while you're pouring your heart and soul into both being an IU basketball player and a student um like i feel like this is one of these things where i don't know if you know any players who sort of got out of the college game a year or two ago if you know some older guys but they must just be so jealous that that they (laughs) that they went through college before nil was a thing right have you heard some older guys giving you guys flack for coming in yeah i mean some of the people you know from down south where i'm from coming in they they wish they had this opportunity because it's not only a good opportunity for you but for your family too you can help out with your family and stuff like that too so you know i i just i'm blessed to have this opportunity to, you know get nil deals and stuff like that well and we I, feel, are I also honored. feel bad i also feel bad for you know zion and zion Williamson, RG yeah and stuff Get, guess what? Z- Zion did fine on money while he was at Duke. Don't kid yourself. Don't feel too bad for Zion. The guy's played six minutes of basketball the last four years, and it's like, oh, it's centimillionaire. I'm yeah. not worried about Zion. Nike did more than give him exploding shoes while he was yeah. at Duke. <laughs> they were exploding because they were filled with cash. Yeah. Um, but Malik, you are a Hoosier Hysterics ambassador. That comes with great responsibility. There's a couple <laughs> things we need to go over just to make sure that you're on board. Number one, do you accept the responsibility that you have to hate with a fiery passion Kentucky and Purdue? Yes. Good. Check. That's number one. <laughs> Check. Ward, you got something? Number two, you have to agree that I am the funnier, better-looking Hoosier Hysteric. <laughs> <laughs> okay I yeah. all right got it check <laughs> eric <laughs> you you beat me on that i mean i can't i'm not going to do a joke on a joke i'm going to go number three number three is serious number three is that as long as you are at indiana you are going to represent indiana and hoosier nation the way we know your parents want you to represent them the way that your friends and family back home want you to represent them you are a part of this family now and a big part of it. And we will always be behind you as long as you are always behind us. It's together. We go forward. And that's what being a Hoosier is all about. 
Yes, sir. Definitely. <laughs> I love this, man. I look, you and I've gotten to know each other just a little bit. Oh, hold on. My dog's barking. Um, we've got to know each other a little bit, putting this NIL deal together. So excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, boy. I, my dogs are losing their mind. Give me a second. They're, hold on. They're excited. Malik's an ambassador, too. Well, actually, come here. Ainsley, come here. You want to meet the newest Hoosier? <laughs> come here. I'm going to introduce you to my daughter. This is my youngest daughter. The best one, too. This is Ainsley. This is Malik. <laughs> Say hi to Malik. Hi, Malik. Say, hi, Ainsley, do me a favor. Say, Malik, oh, you better know. Why? Say, just say it. Malik, oh, you better know? Yeah, it's good. All right. That was good. That was good. Now go play on your iPad. He doesn't have the background. No, he doesn't have the background. Not yet. You're right. Oh, All yeah. Right, we do We do need to get our ambassadors' backgrounds. We do. That's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. But Malik, in all seriousness, man, I got a chance to chat with your father, who is so proud of you and happy that you're going through this experience. Everything I've heard from anybody who knows you talks about just how good of a person and a young man you are. It's why we wanted you to be an ambassador for Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. We are honored and proud that you are part of it. And I'm just so excited for you as you enter into what will be the most fun experience and rewarding experience of your life. That's a special place that you're in right now. And Hoosier Nation's got your back. Yes, sir. I'm blessed too. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Malik, for taking the time in this incredibly busy period of your life um, to chat with us. And uh, we can't wait to get back to Bloomington, meet you in person, and get up in the stands and cheer for you in person. Yes, sir. All right, now go get Fino's card fixed. Okay. All right, man, you be good. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good day. Good luck, Malik. Thank you. Thank you. That was a guest. That was a guest. That smile. That right? smile. That smile and those biceps. I mean, <laughs> le like, let's go. Like, let's go. That guy is ready to just throw Big Ten seniors around like ragdolls. Yeah, um... But he's a sweet kid, right? Like Clearly. he is he is totally a sweet kid who does turn a switch on the court because mm -hmm. we've talked about this a little bit too, that there are those players that like Will Sheehy is a maniac off the court and a maniac on the court, right? There's no, there's no difference. And many people are like that. You see their personality play out on the court. He's not that. Then there's the other guy that is a very different person on the court than he is off the court. And clearly Malik is that. He's just such a sweet young man who is just happy. I mean, you can see he's got that first 24 hours in Bloomington smile going on. I'm just wondering if there's anybody out there who's just like, like a super competitive, angry asshole off the court, but then they get on the court and they're just really docile and passive. Hmm. That's true. I don't know. I'll have to keep an eye out for that, Ward. <laughs> Probably not at a high level. <laughs> the thing, the biggest thing that I take from that interview is yeah. if I don't grind, I'm going to get left behind. You like that? You just, you, <laughs> you just threw out a rhyme. Just, just, and you didn't know where you were going. Uh, no, it just happened. But as soon as it happened, I was like, Eric's going to like that even more than me. <laughs> Yeah. I'll also say this. You can tell this. You can tell so much from a kid by their sense of humor. So yeah. much. Mm -hmm. This kid's got a great sense of humor and he's mm -hmm. quick. He's yep. super smart. Like at the beginning when he said, no, we got two more nicknames to go. I can't I can't go like he's 
he I, he's an impressive young man that um I want to go back with that was something at the beginning and at the very end where he talked about NIL what it means for his family yeah and that Malik comes from a working class family this NIL deal that we struck with him through the NIL collective is um a huge deal for Big them deal. for yeah. him and mm-hmm. and that's awesome like that is why we ask the fans to participate in this. Why would you not want to support a kid like this, a young man like this, a family like this? I mean, you just see this kid and you immediately want him to succeed. And when you talk about why why this big sea change in the ability for these kids to be able to make money off their name, image, and likeness, there's a lot of people, adults, higher up the food chain, making a lot of money off of college basketball. And so why not the kids who are actually playing the game and really doing the physical hard work and dedicating their lives to this, why shouldn't they and their family who supported them to get to this point be a part of that that like it, like that, that's that's just common sense that's just having a heart having a mind and so it's still a, a paradigm shift for so many people but it's like get away from this old stodgy idea of what amateur athletics are and college basketball is and be like no these guys are earning and their families are earning every penny of this and it's just a win-win for all of us yeah and i would go one step further and say and even if after rejecting that argument, which would be ridiculous, right? Because you laid it out perfectly. But even if you want to reject that argument, you could say, oh, well, they get the scholarship. That's enough. Even if you want to assume that position, which we don't agree with, it's the way of the world now. So do you want to compete in this world? Do you want to get the Malik Renaults of the world and the Jalen Hood Shafinos of the world? Or do you not? Because if you don't, then just Take your hands out of your pockets and don't participate. But if you want to keep getting kids like this, supremely talented kids who get what it means to compete and win and grind or they get left behind, oh, then, yeah. then, ded- then contribute to HHNIL.com. And when you do, you wind up with kids and young men like Malik Renault, who's going to don the candy stripes this season. And I love him talking about, like, it didn't matter to him that Trace and Race were going to be back. Like, mm-hmm. Coach told him that from the beginning, and Coach didn't guarantee him a thing. And he liked that. that. And he liked it. That's who you, we he, wanted in Indiana. Yeah, and you hear it, and you kind of, like, get scared for a second. Like, is Woody really saying that to everybody? It's like, well, yep, that's exactly what he's saying. Even a stud five-star recruits who could go virtually anywhere they want to. And, you know, it's not going to work for every one of those guys, but it's going to work for the guys that we actually want to be here. Bingo. Bingo. If It's almost like a litmus test, mm-hmm. right? Say that to everyone. And if they react even like immediately negatively, like, goodbye. Like, Stop yeah. recruiting them. Mm-hmm. Like, But that's not who Jalen Huchifino is. That's not who Malik Renault is. It's not who the majority of the people that are on this, not the majority, all of the people that are on this team going forward. That's who they are. So I am... I get I get so jazzed when we get to talk to one of these guys that we've never met before and that's coming in because what a great attitude, what a great pedigree, winning back-to-back national championships. And I just I love this family. I love this kid. And I just cannot wait to root for him. And when we were able to sign this deal with him, it it was uh, you know, you and I celebrated. We were so happy that the collective is working. 
Yes, it is. It's one of the look. We got to do some really great stuff last season during the year with the fan fest and all that. It was. It's been working. For, for, but but this is what we all knew is like well this is the ultimate goal is for what we did last year to be enticing enough promising enough that these guys show up thinking they'll get taken care of because that's what happened last year to the team and for us to immediately be able to help them out and be like oh yeah wow okay this this is a a family that takes care of its own from day one not like wait and see and let's see how much playing time you get it's like no we're just so glad you're here guys and welcome Welcome to the family in every way, shape, and form. Yeah. Uh, also, another thing, I thought it was interesting that, like, he loved playing basketball, but didn't really click until his, you know, sophomore year in high school. Mm-hmm. And then really interesting that COVID is what got him to Mount Vernon. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, like, sense. without COVID, who knows? Yeah, yeah, because it's like, I bet, thinking about it from his point of view, I was like, I bet it was extra competitive during COVID to get into Montverde with all those other schools just shut down. So now anybody who's decent at all is going to try to get into one of those places. And the fact that he got in and he thrived and he started on a national championship after being on a a prior national championship team, it's like that's as good a pedigree as you can have coming into college, period. I also think that both for him and Jalen, their junior years, they didn't play a ton. Exactly, right? Right. Like they had to to learn, Mm -hmm. you know, both of them were the best player on the team that they came from. Of course. But then they were not even in the rotation or or the main rotation. And they had to learn what it meant to grind again Mm -hmm. or get left behind. Correct. Uh, But they had to learn that and what it meant to play behind guys and to still bust your ass in practice. And to use that for your senior year where what what happened, they won the national championship. And, And really it was in large part, the Jalen and Malik show in those Geico nationals Mm -hmm. to win that national title. So I just, I love them. I love that smile. Uh, You love the biceps, put them together and you've got a happy Terminator. I mean, that's what you got. Yeah. Hey man, final four or bust. Let's go. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But the sometimes sometimes why? I just want to say one more time. Malik Renault, Hoosier Hysterics Ambassador. You say it. It sounds it's fun to say. Malik Renault, Hoosier Hysterics Ambassador. You say it better. You say it better. <laughs> you you were saying it with me though. I could see your lips moving. Was I was I, I mouthing it. the lines? It makes you so excited. All right, we'll be back at you next week. Bye. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Warden Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. 